superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. What's up? What's cracking? It's the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. We're a day late. Sorry about that. But we are back. And guess who else is back? I don't know if you saw the video, TJ. You know, in the NFL, uh, Arrival videos have become kind of a thing. They've been they've been taken after the NBA of dudes rolling up into the arena. We got to see the fits. We got to sh- see the threads, the shoes. Uh, Joe Burrow had that like zebra tiger stripe thing <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the Super Bowl. With, that was with amazing. The Dior ones. My God, it was incredible. So uh, during the show today, the big show, I happened to look down and I saw that Ben Simmons showed up in Philadelphia, and he was wearing just workout clothes. Shorts, T-shirt. I mean, he's not playing tonight. But Ben Simmons, TJ, is back. He's back in the building in Philadelphia. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Gigantic (laughs) game tonight. Nets, Sixers, everyone is playing except Ben Simmons. Kyrie (laughs) off a 50-burger. Kevin Durant said he doesn't care about your parlays after some dude tweeted him uh, that he cost him some big money uh, because he only had like 18 the other night. Uh, James Harden has been unbelievable uh, in his Sixers tenure thus far. Joel Embiid is still your MVP favorite. TJ, thoughts heading into tonight's monster matchup. Well, this is an interesting way to start the show. Normally, we do an intro, so I was like, "Wait a minute!" No, I'm just, right I'm now? just going right into. Uh, I'm just hot. You know, hey, you know, Rich on the big show today was saying something that completely and totally blew my mind. Rich Eisen, who's been involved in sports for the better part of the last quarter, twenty-five years, oh, correct? Such a long it was. Was actually career. shocked and could not believe that fans of a team would come to a game <laughs> for the sole purpose. Just to heckle a former player of theirs. And I'm sitting here in my seat, as I tend to do, and I'm looking at Rich, and I'm like, all right, when's the ha-ha-ha coming around just playing with a psych? And no, he was dead serious. And I'm like, Rich, have you just started watching sports? Have you just met people? Have you never been on social media? This is all what people do. Like, they, they heckle, they talk trash, and they post stuff. And especially in Philadelphia, where Ben Simmons is coming back after the the way he departed the town, after the way he departed the city, after the way he departed the team, now he's making his return, and you think that the kind of people in Philadelphia aren't going to express themselves mostly in a negative fashion and manner, I admit, but you think they're not going to express themselves loudly tonight? <laughs> Come on now, stop it. You would think Rich, being an East Coast guy, would understand that Philadelphia fans are some of the most angry vindictive, yeah. bitter people yeah. 
in the planet. Well, Adam, apparently during the show, Rich said Philly fans don't like that that Santa they Claus talking. They don't like the Santa Claus. Well, that's stuff. fine. You know what? They don't like it. Then you shouldn't have done it. Right? They, they, they don't, don't own mean? the past. Like they don't yeah. own it. Like everyone knows about the jail and the spectrum. Yes. They are and, angry, and angry people. Stadium. I went to Penn State for school. Some of the worst fans <laughs> in the world are Philadelphia fans. I'm sorry to say they're passionate, but they're so angry. And so frustrating to, to deal with, and but, they're going to go crazy tonight. But, but Philly, also, Philly uh, fans make us in Boston just look like you're pleasant next door. Neighbor. Well, don't get crazy <laughs> now. Like, easy, baby, easy. But I will say this, and I won't say it too loud. Everyone I do know from Philly can fight. So there's that. Yeah, they're so, tough. you know, I'm just saying, I don't know many people from Philly that can't throw them dogs from the shoulder. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this from behind this mic and not to nobody's and face. Think, and think about the, the boiling anger these fans have had the last year about Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Think about the rage that is inside of their systems, and they're waiting to unleash that tonight on him. And it is going to be awesome to watch. I cannot you, wait. This. You know what also is amazing, too, and, like, I don't know if it was previously scheduled this way, mm -hmm. but if the NBA in any way manipulated the schedule, there are only two games tonight in the association <laughs> mm -hmm. on Thursday. It's Nets Sixers at 4.30. It's Warriors Nuggets at 7. Just a straight-up, old-school TNT double. Remember, back in the day, TNT used to always have the doubleheader on Thursday. They still have it, but those used to be the only two games of the night. Now, you know, Thursday's kind of an off day for most teams, but there's generally four or five games on the slate. Uh-uh. I really hope that they saw this. The trade went down, and they went, eh, let's move some things around here. Let's slide this over there. Net Sixers, national TV audience. Sorry, 4.30 Pacific. I'm hoping. 7.30 Eastern. Let's go. I'm hoping that TNC decides to do a Ben Simmons cam where there's a camera only on Ben Simmons the entire <laughs> game. And I want to see the people behind him and what they're doing because there might be a cheesesteak thrown at him. Who knows what will happen. <laughs> it is going to be awesome tonight to watch. Yeah, we discussed that during the game. Rich was like, do you think there's going to be a Ben Simmons can? I'm like, absolutely. There's going to be a camera dedicated on him. And I also said that maybe the audio should be turned off on that camera because there's going to be stuff that's being said that you probably never thought you'd live to hear, <laughs> let alone that you never thought you'd live to hear in a in a public forum. And I guarantee some words that don't come together, usually come together, are going to come together. Remember um, Electric Company back in the day yeah, where they course. would have two silhouettes and it would be like two people saying a word and it would be like one syllable, then the other syllable? That's going to happen tonight, except there's going to be one word that doesn't traditionally go with another word, and they're both cuss words, but they're going to be put together. It's going to be something. Leave so the kids know, at home. You know how like it's been a thing of the last few years, college football on ESPN was kind of the first to start it. They did like the second broadcast, right? They get all these coaches in mm -hmm. who didn't make the finals, and they would sit around and talk about it, and then they started doing a scout's broadcast on ESPNU and then on classic they would do like some fans where like Katie Nolan and a couple people would watch the game and they would, it would kind of just be like you hanging out with them and then of course the Manning cast took over this year TJ how much would you pay <laughs> for a Simmons cast tonight of just the ISO with audio on like 10 second delay I'd pay I'd pay nine ninety nine. You'd for pay that. ten bucks, yeah. ten hard earned bucks yeah, for that for sure. tonight. For sure. And would that be your main broadcast? Or no, I'd have that on the secondary screen. You know, I'd have it because you know me. I got a couple screens in the crib. No big deal. No, and rich, uh, rich I'd have person. it on the laptop, probably right in front okay. of me. You know, because I need to watch Embiid. You know, 
continue that path towards MVP. So mm-hmm. I got to watch what he's doing. But on the side, out the side of my ear, I want to hear what's being said over here. It ain't going to be nice. TJ, yeah. if the crumbum is in the building tonight, the crumbum guy, no. yes. how much would you pay to just hear him yes. talking? Okay. Yes, exactly. Simmons. A crumbum feed. So you, got, so you got the Simmons feed yes. on the laptop. So you got the main broadcast. What are you rocking? Like a 50, 50 inch, 60 55, inch? 55, you know so I you do. You got a 55. It's got the main broadcast. side by side. I'm sure it's Ian Eagle and someone, and Reggie Miller tonight or somebody. Let's hope it's Richard Jefferson. I know it won't be, but man, Richard, oh, Richard Jefferson, Jefferson doing this game would be incredible. Yeah, great. That's awesome, too. So you got those guys on the main 55, uh-huh. right? Then you got the Simmons broadcast on 10-second delay on the laptop. <laughs> okay. And we got the crumb bum guy on like the 42-inch side TV. Speaking of what you'd pay, now here's another story. I would pay upwards of three to 700 bucks to sit next to that man. What if the crumb the bum oh guy, like, like a cameo, you could have the crumb bum guy <laughs> on live FaceTime during the whole game with you. Would you Whatever pay like money that Brian Baumgartner gets for doing cameos because he's one of the highest paid, I would pay that much to have Ben Simmons as a crumb bum guy. Yeah, I'd have him on the cameo. And like I've said, I don't even care if we get guests on this show right now. He is one person I would let come sit in my seat, okay, <laughs> after this game just to see what this guy's going to say. All right, actual basketball now. Uh, the Sixers uh, have been playing really well. They had the one loss uh, down in Miami, but, you know, they are near the top of the East or the three seed right now. They're just a half game behind Milwaukee, two behind Milwaukee, uh, two behind uh, Miami. Um, and Brooklyn is is way down. I mean, Brooklyn's the eight seed right now. They're mm. ten and a half back in Miami for the one seed. They're eight behind Philly, who's in the three spot. What do you actually think happens tonight, kind of unbiasedly? Philly is, I think, four and a half point favorites. But do you expect a close game? You think the energy of the moment is going to like lead Philly up huge to start? Harden hits a couple of threes. Everyone's going nuts. We got the cutaways to Ben Simmons. And then Brooklyn, you know, KD, Kyrie, they climb back in and we got a close finish? Or what do you think? Well, you know, guys, here's the deal, right? We're, all the talk is about Ben Simmons, obviously, right? But yeah. let's talk think, about the guys who are so, actually yeah. going to have uh, leave their fingerprints on this Ooh, game. And that's cliche. James Harden. Because now you got to look at the other side. Now James Harden, for whatever reason, he got beef with the Nets, right? He, there's some issues we probably don't know exactly went on. Was it Kyrie? I doubt it was KD. I don't think it was Steve Nash. So I guess that kind of limits you know, who we're going to point the fingers at. You've got to think that James Harden intends to make a statement tonight, right? You'd have mm-hmm. to think that James Harden is like, uh-huh, because he's been waiting for this game too, right, guys? And, like, right. we were putting all the talk on Ben, but James Harden has something to prove tonight. And I'm telling you what, like, James Harden's had some legendary scoring games, right? You know, James Harden has the most 50-point games of any current player in the in the association. I'm not saying he's going to hit for 50, but James Harden's going to ball tonight, and he better ball because that's a game the Sixers don't want to lose. So you have all the Harden overs tonight. I love it. Adam, what about you? What do you think happens tonight? Well, I think the Sixers are going to be charged up just to face uh, Ben Simmons. I think Embiid's going to have a monster game tonight. I think he, he might have a couple stare downs to Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A little poster dunk, a little stare down on him. Well, Adam, so I, he'll be above that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but I think I think Philadelphia will win the game tonight. I mean – as much as we're, we're talking trash about Ben Simmons, he still is an all-around great player, and so not having him is a huge deficit for the Nets. I think the Sixers come out strong and make a statement that they're you know another level above the Nets, at least right now, without Ben Simmons. So I think the Sixers will win, and it'll be an emotional, fun game to watch for all of us. Over, over under on times they show that Embiid 
the meme that he posted when <laughs> Simmons got traded. That that dude who went to the funeral yeah. just to see his haters one last time. At least at least two. At least twice. For sure they'll show yeah. it at least twice. I agree with you on that one, Adam. Two two minimum. You know. Like a, like getting into a club a two drink minimum. This one you gotta show that at least twice. And by yeah. the way, if you guys are wondering, I got a Norm Nixon Clippers jersey up go. here because his son Devon was on the big show today talking about the Lakers series winning season. So I just had to, in case you're wondering, why is there a Norm Nixon Clippers jersey sitting there? I really That's want to why. talk about uh, winning time, actually. There's not much great basketball. Uh, I mean, there is great basketball, but from a basketball perspective, I mean, the Celtics are on fire. Do I think they can win the East? Mm, probably not, even though a lot of the advanced metrics are kind of pointing in their direction, but it has a lot to do with defensively of late. Jason Tatum is just on an absolute tear. I sent TJ his stats. Now, basically after every single game, he has 135 points in his last three games, the most ever in Celtics history. He needs, I think, another 40-piece tomorrow to tie Larry Bird's record for four straight. Although Richard Jefferson pointed out that it's a stat, not a record. Kind of interesting way to look at that uh, that number. But the Celtics are... Uh, are coming up, uh, uh, they're on fire right now. But I, I do want to talk about winning time because it debuted Sunday mm-hmm. on HBO. Uh, we're all huge fans, and we all really enjoyed it. I, I've watched it twice now yeah. because it was so good. You mentioned Devon Nixon was on the show. He's the real-life son of Norm Nixon, uh, who played for the Lakers in those early 80s teams before going to the Clippers. And it's just really f- If you didn't know much about the Lakers story, how Jerry Buss... He has become this larger-than-life figure. He hasn't been with us for a few years now. Uh, Jeannie, of course, runs the team after getting rid of all her brothers. But (laughs) how he took over the team in this deal with Jack Ken Cook, who used to own them, and the the Redskins at the time. And he kind of trades half cash, half real estate. He was an arms dealer in like the 70s and then just 60s and 70s and then just started buying up real estate in Los Angeles. So it gets into that. And then, of course, you know, the Magic Johnson of it all, the 79 draft. Larry Bird had been selected the year before by Boston Mm -hmm. when Larry Bird was just a junior at Indiana State. You know, the legendary NCAA championship. And then Magic goes after the Lakers win the coin toss number one to the Lakers. What did you guys think of the episode? How much did you have as much fun as I had? And how much did you guys know going in? Yeah, so I loved the first episode. I, I knew a pretty good amount because I've, I read a Magic Johnson uh, biography and I'm familiar with pretty much the basics of how he was able to acquire the Lakers. Um, but I thought it did an excellent job in terms of First of all, the cinematography I loved. I love how it, how it takes you back into that like late '70s, early '80s feel in terms of the direction of how they how they did the cameras. Um, and so that that was the first thing I noticed that you feel like you're back in that time. And I think where a show, the background of a show, is really matters because you want to you're going to be spending an hour of time in a certain environment. Right. And I think it's fun to spend time in Los Angeles in the late '70s and early '80s. Like that's just a cool, fun time to be around. I mean, you see the parties, you're going to see the sex, you're going to see the drugs, you're going to see everything. So I think it set up everything for that. I liked how how they set up pretty much like the basic background of Magic mm-hmm. and Jerry Buss. So, you know, I think you do need to know some stuff about what happened, but I think it gave a general pretty good overlay of how Magic was drafted by the team and how Jerry Buss acquired the team. So I... I really enjoyed it so far. Uh, TJ, you and I kind of differed about this, although I eventually think I'll come around like most things. Um, the talking to the camera, the fourth mm-hmm. wall. and You didn't enjoy it. And that, the right? text. I, I will say at first it was a little jarring. It's, it's kind of like 
I know you haven't watched it yet, but the first episode of Succession, not that they talk to the camera, but the quick cuts and the rack zoom, the zoom in, zoom out mm-hmm. really fast and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of camera cuts in Winning Time, and that's kind of Adam McKay's style. The movie The Big Short was kind of the same way with uh, a lot of talking directly to the camera and the text on the screen to kind of help explain things. Like there was a funny part when we're introduced to Devon Nixon's character, his father Norm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's getting a pedicure in a barber shop, which is amazing. He's getting heckled uh, by the other women in there. And then it's like Norm Nixon uh, claims he never got a pedicure. <laughs> so, like, that stuff was kind of funny. I guess I just wasn't expecting it. Uh-huh. And so maybe I'll come around in a couple of episodes. But you really enjoy that type yeah, of Yeah, I, I just like that type of storytelling. I like storytelling that's different, like Memento, right? I take it back to Memento. You know the way Memento was, where the movie was almost in reverse? Right. Like, stuff like that. I, I, I enjoy stories that are when you have scenes that are out of order. You know, there's just something. Because, one, it just makes me pay more attention but two, I love I love the way this is shot, and with mul- Adam brought this up, multiple camera looks within the same scene. Like you might have like an eight millimeter right. to start the scene, and then it cuts to a different kind of camera. They do a lot of that. I like the asides to the camera because I feel that helps move the story along. So you don't have to spend a lot of time. You could just have Jerry Buss look at the camera and say, "Well, blah 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 blah," and then boom, now you know. So Larry Bird was popular because he was white. Yeah, and like so. If you <laughs> yeah. didn't, if you didn't know anything about the Lakers and Showtime, I think that this does a pretty good job of setting up. You know, the only problem is if you know two much then you get caught up on like well maybe that's not true and that's not true so it's almost better that you don't really have too much knowledge because that way you're not fighting with your mind over like what was real and what wasn't real i think yeah and we didn't grow up out here none of us did i mean adam you weren't even born in you know 1979 or 1980 i was born in 1980 tj you were just a wee little pup so you know it's not like we're remembering firsthand from watching all of this stuff on tv or knowing anything that's going on like reading the newspaper or sports illustrated or sport magazine or any of that stuff we're kind of just knowing on what we've heard or what we've read through yeah. passages or documentaries like that one about the Lakers and Celtics on ESPN. And it's just funny to see how people are portrayed. You know, I think Jerry West might have the biggest beef <laughs> yeah. um, this week. Adam, were you surprised to see Jason Clark's interpretation? Like just a raving lunatic. Oh, he's, he's just insane. He's <laughs> yeah. just a total insane person yeah. because yeah, I read an article, I think it was by Bill Orham in The Athletic, saying that um, a lot of people that were around that situation at the time are a little upset about how Jerry West was portrayed because they said he, he dealt with a lot of darkness, a lot of depression, uh, but he kept it internal. He internalized it. He didn't freak out at people. He didn't yell. And they kind of took that character and made him over the top. And it, I guess it makes sense because, you know, it's it's a drama, so they have to add to the drama of it. Um but I could see how people that are close to the situation or want more of an accurate portrayal might get frustrated. Uh, what I what I didn't talk about before, which I which I thought was going to be a huge challenge. I first heard about the show maybe like two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, how are they going to cast this show? Because how are you going to cast somebody that's tall enough to look like Magic Johnson or Kareem? Right. The guy who's playing Magic Johnson, I don't. This guy was born to play him in this role. Like <laughs> like he yeah. apparently he's from Michigan. Like he does everything, the mannerisms, yeah, the Quincy voice. Isaiah, yeah. yeah, Quincy Isaiah. He is doing an incredible job at acting as magic. Even just like like I said, the little things, just the gestures and the way he, he carries himself. So they nailed the casting. The Kareem was amazing also. Uh, apparently that actor, I don't know his name, I'm sorry, but he's 6'11". So they were able to find the right guys. And I think John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, he just brings a little comedic element. I don't think he's as... Like Jerry, Jerry uh, Buss was a little more smooth, like... Kind of more of like a playboy type, 
John C. Riley plays him as a little more of like a a little more goofy and funny, well, cool but caricature. Yeah, yeah, but but, yeah. It, but it adds to it, I think. So so I love the casting. Yeah, Solomon Hughes plays Kareem, and and you talked about the height thing. There's not a lot of tall actors. Like we've mm-hmm. lived here for a long time. A lot of the actors I know aren't big. It's like Vince Vaughn and kind of everybody else in terms of the six five and up scale. Joe Manganiello. And Joe Manganiello is a big guy. Jason the, Siegel. Yep, exactly. Who is later going to be in this? Is Paul Weston mm-hmm. who gets. Spoiler alert, fired for Pat Riley. Also, um, if you see uh, shots of Jerry Buss and Magic walking together, you notice that there's not a tremendous height difference. Right. That's because John C. Riley is dude. like 6'4 and a half himself. He's like 6'4, maybe 6'5 himself. Yeah, and the guy who's playing, Quincy Isaiah is only like 6'3. So it's like they kind of have to, it's like a Tom Cruise movie. If you ever notice a Tom Cruise movie, all, the camera's below his waist shooting up the whole time. So that's kind of what they're doing here. Just little like film school tricks. That uh, you know, Adam McKay and others. I think Jonah Hill directed episode two. I, I read, so that's going to be exciting to see what that comes up. But I, I so geeked out about this show. I just, what else struck you? Well, about well just it's just another random tidbit of me being a Chicago Bulls fan. I, I forgot that there was a coin flip yeah. to get Magic Johnson. Right, it was right. between the Lakers and the Bulls, and it made me think that if the Bulls would have gotten that coin tip, they probably would have drafted Magic, and Michael Jordan never would have been on the Chicago Bulls. I don't think they would have been a bad enough team to have gotten him. So it just made me think kind of like, yeah. just like it's so crazy how like a coin flip can determine so many fates of different people and different franchises. It's a great what if. And TJ, the what if of, you know, the scene in there where uh, Jerry West is at the at the clubhouse bar mm-hmm. <laughs> drinking bourbon. Shortly thereafter, uh, Jerry Buss tells him to drink uh, vodka. So <laughs> the smell is less uh, yeah. pungent, but... Uh, he was looking, so smooth the way he said it that. was really smooth. Uh, he was looking over, you know, notes about Sidney Moncrief. Like mm-hmm. what a talk about a what if of what if the Lakers took Sidney Moncrief number one? Yeah, right. I mean, also, John C. Riley is six two. I said I thought he was six four. I saw him one day and I could have swore the dude was like he was over six three. Oh, that is true. He did have boots on. So that day, he probably was six four that day. Yeah, right. Because Will Ferrell's also tall and they were right next to each other. Uh, you know, Sidney Moncrief, low key, if you don't really know your basketball baller. history, yeah. Sidney Moncrief was a baller. He had, honestly has one of the greatest Sports Illustrated covers of all time. You just put in Sidney Moncrief SI cover. It's him about the dunk, and he's got the Dominique Wilkins knee, legs up, bend at the knee. It's great. Um, yeah, you got to wonder how Showtime, would Showtime even have existed if Magic Johnson was there? I don't know. Would the Lakers have won titles? Maybe Sidney mm. Moncrief could Sidney if you Moncrief could you figure nice. Norm Nixon might not have been traded. Maybe he does get traded, but you still got Kareem. You still got big game James Worthy coming in. I mean, who knows? Who knows what could have been different? Magic's with the Bulls. Sidney Moncrief's on the Lakers. I mean, you know, basketball history is completely different. And I was reading this thing. I I, I know I'm going to screw this up, so don't take this as gospel. But it's a great way to great segue to a discussion. They got Magic Johnson, okay, and James Worthy, like two drafts apart, I believe, first overall. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things back in the day when you made a trade, you got a first-round pick. Or it was either make a trade or a player signed away from your team, you got a first-round pick, which is how they were able to get Magic and James Worthy. They were like almost compensatory picks for other teams signing players from the Lakers. Are you looking that up, TJ? I believe it's something It's something like that. But can you imagine if they did that now? Just like, hey, here's another first-round pick. So the team that already has Magic and yeah. Kareem and who just won a championship, you get James Worthy, the number one player in college basketball. You know, what's interesting is that Jerry West is a brilliant GM, 
But the one wrong call he had was the potentially picking of Sidney Mongrieff. And so he built that whole Showtime team after Buss insisted that they draft Magic. And he picked Worthy and he picked all those guys. But it's kind of interesting to think that if they would have gone with with West's initial instinct, that the team probably would not have been the same. And so it's funny to see how the rules have changed over the years, though, yeah. for the first-round picks because, yeah, the Lakers just fleeced teams and, and created a dynasty. Yeah, it's so crazy. He did get the Kobe one right, though, right, Jerry West? He definitely did. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, with all the the cursing that, that Jason does as Jerry West, it's like, Jerry West really talk like that? Look, we had Jerry West on our show <laughs> yeah. in 2019 before the pandemic, and when I went into the green room to do an interview with him, I'll just say it's the first two sentences that I spoke with Jerry West. There were, I want to say, five F-bombs all uttered <laughs> by him. I said, Mr. West, how are you? And he basically told me he was feeling a little sick because he caught a cold while he was out in the boat. Okay. But within that sentence was a lot of boom, 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 literally in there. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy, Jerry West. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't look at the Jerry West characters. You've said insane, Brockman. Hey, I just I looked at him. Kind of a lunatic. A little, lunatic. Yeah. I just looked at him as a, as a passionate man, right, yeah, who, yeah. yeah, who was probably – yeah, you lose to the Celtics six times. It probably drove him crazy. In a row, in a, in a row. row. And, and he was like, named MVP of yeah. the one that they lost. So when you have someone who's just a, a hard worker, passionate from West Virginia, who's already like on edge, and I, look, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say lunatic. I would say he was just, he was very passionate. Yeah, I guess he's being portrayed. <laughs> he's, very he's being portrayed as kind of a wild man like that. And and like you said, TJ, have had we never met Jerry West before, I would have been like, Jesus, yeah, right. freaking crazy, like. Oh, I suppose. But then having met him when he came in that mm -hmm. day, Marshall Falk was here too. And he was so awesome, by so, the way. So amazing. And then when we had him on the phone most recently when Rich was out and Susie was hosting, mm -hmm. that's kind of the rule. Susie sits in, Jerry West calls up, which is kind yeah. of amazing. So we know we got that going for us. Um, which is nice. Uh, Jerry talked about he had a really terrible day the, the day before, like one of the darkest days he'd ever had. And Adam, that brings back to what you said that you had read that Jerry internalized a lot. So yeah, I, I can totally see that now. How the losses, while almost over 50 years ago, like still eats at him to this day. Yeah, they said he would be in his office, and the office would be completely dark, and there would just be like one like Tiffany lampshade, I think they said. He would just sit there essentially in the dark. So a lot of darkness for Jerry West, but a brilliant, brilliant basketball brilliant mind. Brilliant basketball mind. It was, so the James Worthy thing, it was because uh, they traded uh, Don Ford to Cleveland. Cleveland stunk so bad, and then because of it was a, a first-round pick, done in a trade they had to do a coin toss so not only did they win the coin toss to get magic johnson they won the 82 coin toss to get james worthy wow. well even deeper than that and this is i'm not going to waste podcast time on this but even deeper than that is gail goodridge who played for the lakers won a new contract got traded they traded him to the jazz right and so the jazz actually won the coin toss i believe but the lakers owned that pick so, I mean, it's something, yeah. like, if you really want to just go do your research on it, it's really amazing. Basically, the Lakers got super lucky in the early 80s, which sometimes, you know, luck is a huge part yeah. of sports. Mm -hmm. uh, they were super lucky. Jerry West was that Jack Kent Cook was a terrible person and was getting divorced, and his wife was going to fleece him for mm -hmm. most of his fortune and that he needed to make this deal in half cash, half real estate to get rid of the Lakers. I thought it was also really interesting how they showed – uh, the scene with Magic and his dad when they were talking about the contract that Magic wanted. And he wanted, I think it was $600,000. Yeah. And, and his dad was like begging him just to take the four hundred. Like, I've never had this amount of money in my life and you're going to be greedy. 
And it just showed that even at that time, Magic really believed in himself and knew what he was worth. And to this yeah. day, he's a, you know a, almost a, a billionaire businessman and showed even from that young of an age, he understood what he was worth and w what he deserved. And that was another fascinating thing. I, I think that was interesting, showing that Magic was from a blue-collar uh, you know, Lansing, Michigan. I think, yeah, East Lansing. East Lansing. East Lansing. Yeah, he's he's a blue collar guy. It showed him on the garbage truck with his dad. It showed yeah. where he got his hard work from from his dad. His dad was a hard worker. I yeah. mean, and so I think that was cool. Also, it kind of showed his roots. Yeah, and you talked about Magic's uh, biography that you had read that came out in the early '90s yeah. after, after the HIV announcement. I read that thing a couple of times mm -hmm. when I was a kid growing up because it was just so fascinating. And he was this just blue collar kid from a blue collar family, hardworking Michigan, cold winters. Like we've all we all remember those days. We grew up in those mm -hmm. types of yep. neighborhoods and those types of states. And Magic, like you said, he he knew what he could do. He hadn't done it yet, but he believed in himself. And uh, I think they said he settled for five five hundred thousand. And Larry Bird was at six hundred thousand that year. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, his rookie season. It's great. What are you guys looking forward to uh, as the show really gets in deep here, episode two? What I'm looking forward to is them showing how Showtime was really created. And by Showtime, I mean the fan experience. Because Jerry Buss was the first guy to make the NBA a really entertaining game to watch if you're a fan in between quarters, in between halves. You know what I mean? Like before before he was around, there, there wasn't that much entertainment. He made it a show. He made it cool for celebrities to go to the games, like Jack Nicholson. He gave them free courtside seats. So I'm interested to seeing all that. And of course, the sex and drugs. I mean, let's <laughs> let's be real. That's a big part of what we're looking forward to. Yeah, TJ, same. I, I can't wait to see the guy who plays Jack. How how over the yeah, top right. this guy is. <laughs> or you know, he could be very subtle in his yeah, approach. Maybe. You know, um, yeah, I'm looking to see the Kareem Magic dynamic and how that's gonna come into play because Kareem has already been shown as being very surly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whether it's F you know you <laughs> from the airplane scene with uh, you know what was the kid's name, little Jimmy or Robbie or whatever, and whatever that kid's name was but uh and then and then norm nixon wasn't it norm coming into his trailer yeah, wanting to got, talk to cap and headphones on yeah and he goes and norm's like so you're gonna tell me to bleep off and kareem's like yeah pretty much like that's a vibe bro yeah so <laughs> it, it's gonna be interesting to see how that kareem magic uh relationship blossomed if it does blossom like i don't really know how how was the, their relationship back then looking forward to to piecing that out yeah, i don't know how much basketball we're gonna get i think i was reading something yesterday they don't play an actual game until episode five and you know maybe in, in movies like this i'm i'm okay with that right because it would be mm -hmm. so impossible to really recreate basketball so just if i want to see what happened in the game i can go on youtube Show me what happened leading up to the right. game. And, yeah. of course, you're going to get little snippets, and that's fine. But I, I think off the court is, like, really where the story is. And, you know, the basketball stuff is the actual on-court stuff. You can kind of, like, skim through a little and bit. And Jerry Buss, you're right, Adam, was so smooth. You know, the the trick when Magic tells him after the, the, the party scene at uh, Donald Sterling's white party where Norm Nixon and him play one-on-one, -on -one, which I believe is – made up i don't think that really happened in, re in real life but magic says he's going back to going back to school gonna gonna return uh to michigan state and jerry buss is like well let's take a walk to the stadium i'll walk you out and kind of conveniently gets lost mm -hmm. and then magic it, ends up in the locker room and then on the court and he ends up in a hallway with the pictures yeah, and then mosey's okay. into the locker room and like jerry buss knew what he was doing yeah and then oh wait a minute here's my name and my jersey hanging up like <laughs> come on 
It's genius. I mean, we're all signing at that point. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eastland, you know, Michigan State's cool, but, you know, maybe I'll stay here in Los it's Angeles. Not <laughs> you know? And it, showed, it also showed the, the, the brilliance of, of Jerry Buss in that scene where they're eating lunch with Jack Ken Cook. And they brought up the sand dabs. You remember yeah. that? They brought yeah. up the sand dabs. And you could tell Magic Johnson's like, what? Like, what? A sand dab? What is this? That, that's true. That really happened. Yeah. Kind of word for word. Yeah, it did happen. And and so it was cool to see Jerry Buss realize that they were not digging the sand dabs. And so he's like, let's just get some cheeseburgers. Like, relax a little. You want cheeseburger? Yeah. You, you know? want cheeseburger? Man, let's get some cheeseburger. Because you got yeah. a 19-year-old kid here, man. What are you going to give him a sand dab for? Get this dude a hamburger. Yeah. Like, I got to say, I have no idea what a sand dab is. No, I, I know, know it's fish. That's it's all I really know. Delicacy, fish, it's just un- un- unclear to me. With that. I'm allergic to fish, so. There you go. There you go. All right, that's uh, winning time. We talked a little bit too much about that, but. Did we? Great show. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll do 20 minutes every single week. Yeah. Winning time. We'll we'll do a, we can do a week. recap yeah. every week it's, on it's winning time. It's so good. So let's get out on this, guys. The other team playing tonight, Warriors Nuggets. Uh, they just played a couple nights ago. Uh, the Nuggets got them. Another huge game from Joker, who's. Making a run at Embiid for MVP yes, right now. Is, man. I think Tatum's in that third spot, but we can talk about that maybe uh, next week. Um, the Warriors finally got a win, beat the Clippers kind of pretty handedly, uh, but they had lost five in a row. And we had kind of talked last week about are you worried about the Warriors in the midst of this losing streak? Um, TJ, when you watch them, uh, what do you see? Because I see Clay Thompson is definitely not back, and that could be a problem in the playoffs. Yeah. It, it, it's not the Clay Thompson that you're used to having, obviously. But then again, the man's coming off of some serious injuries, yeah, right? So two years. it's going to take some time to fully get back. And Draymond's not back. So mm-hmm. you get Draymond back and he, you know, regardless of what you think about Draymond, his importance to that team cannot be understated, right? So you get him back, you get him healthy. Again, I, I'm not too worried about them once the playoffs come because they've been there and they've done that. But let's look at the Grizzlies who have quietly, maybe not even quietly, snuck into that number two mm-hmm. position. I mean, I, and that th- happened like kind of you know in the middle of the night with yeah. no one paying attention. No, obviously they're eight and a half back, so the Suns are going to cruise to this you know conference title, obviously. But the Grizz, man, they, they're right there. They could have that number two spot on lock. They but just, a possible second round matchup. Suddenly now they have home court and mm-hmm. game seven is in Memphis where it's so loud like we've seen and in, you know, in the past. Something we brought up, I think, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or the big show. Memphis was, what, 12 and two with jaw out of the, or something? I, I don't have, I'm sorry, I need to get the exact no, it's, number it's of games. Some, it's something like that, yeah. So that's going to make them feel good, too. Yeah. When you can continue to win games when your top dog is out, I mean, that, what's that got to do for a team's confidence, right? That's, it's got to put them over the top, confidence-wise. Yeah, Adam, just out the door, worried about Golden State, uh, worried if they slip to the three seed come playoff time. There's, you know, about... 18 games left? The only thing I would worry about are the injuries. If Draymond is healthy, I think they'll be fine. Like I've said before, like I don't know what James Weissman's deal is, but I know that he's he's trying to get back before the playoffs. If they're healthy, then to me, they're still the favorite. If Draymond has these lingering issues, if Weissman isn't fully healthy, then they're in trouble. But, um, you know, I think Clay, he's obviously not the same as, you know, we saw him before, but... Like we said, he's been gone for two years. He's working himself back into shape. He's working himself back into, you know, game game shape is a whole different thing than just being mm-hmm. in shape. So he's working himself back into that. And I think by the time the playoffs happen that he'll be in a much better place than he is right now. I believe that. So I think they're fine. You think Grizzlies take him out? No, absolutely not. Nope. So you think, no. you think West Finals is still Suns-Warriors. What about Denver? They're, they should get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back for the playoffs. 
that's that's a wild they're, they're card. They're the super wild card, right? Jokic is so spectacular now. Like it's it's so unbelievable to watch. So you can't you can't um count them out at all. You just can't, especially if Murray's coming back. But I just like the fact that Golden State, if with Draymond has such good defense, and I think defense really matters and more experience in the playoffs. Uh in playoff matchups, defense I think is is crucial and and the Warriors are very stingy with Draymond, so I still have them above them. But you can't count out the Jazz also. We're not talking about the Jazz. They're another team that could be up there. We're not talking about sure, the yeah. Jazz. The NBA playoffs are going to be oh my God. so good this year. So good this year. Can't wait. TJ, good luck to your Sixers Ooh, tonight. Baby, let's go. Everybody listen to this. Crumbum. Crumbum. Ben Simmons is on this team next year. There's going to be a problem. I can't wait for Crumbum Cam. <laughs> hey, by the way, everyone go for, follow Dave Fortune on Instagram. That's the guy. I'm going to be seeing if he's live streaming the night from the game. Oh, that's I'm the Crumbum? That's the, yeah, that's him. Dave Fortune is his name. So Un- Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the hoops this weekend. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Later. Later.